Hey folks, this week's episode is brought to you by Coffee Cycle. Coffee Cycle has the finest roast coffees in all of San Diego and is located at 4901 Pacific Highway. Coffee Cycle. Hey folks, welcome back to Buds, Bikes, and Bacon. Let's join Chris and Carlos in a conversation. I'm sure you'll enjoy. We were uh, talking about Prop 64 in California the other day, and... Um, you know, we're pretty excited that it passed. Pretty, pretty great news. Uh, Colorado, Washington, we should have been first, but, you know, we got our act together. And Carlos was telling me some of the cool things about it, because I, I really don't know much about it. Now, you said that two things became legal the day that it went into effect, right? Yeah. So, you know, when the law, law passes, a lot of the time it takes, you know, it has scheduled things, you know, for it to take effect. And this one had... As soon as it passed, you were legally allowed to possess, was it a certain amount? Up to an ounce of leaf. Okay, up to an ounce of, of buds and leaf. And, um, and then you could also gift someone with up to seven grams? I think it's eight grams. Eight I'll grams? double check and we'll, we'll put a note on the, uh, on the podcast. Yeah, but effective immediately, a uh, person in California can legally carry up to an ounce. Oh, that's a little more than I need for a day, but yeah, you know, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. So no medical um, required. So that's you know that's your the, the the one kink is that there's no place to buy it recreationally yet, and it won't be until uh, January first, twenty eighteen. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I let my medical card expire probably a couple years ago now. So, uh, so that was good news for me, you know, yep. cause I certainly have not had any trouble possessing it. But uh, going into the holidays, uh, you know, the other, you know, the other benefit is that up to eight grams as a gift, uh, which is, right. you know, somewhat of a, somewhat of an escape valve for that lack of, uh, retail outlets. Because yeah. if you know somebody that, you know, maybe either growing it or, sure. It, well, that's the other thing, too, that we should mention is that effective November 9th, the day after the election, okay. in each household, you know, each household can grow up to six plants. Oh, excellent. excellent. So, you know, there are some... Now I only have to chop down 52 to be legal. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> we don't want to... We don't, <laughs> we, we don't want to mislead anybody, but there's... Uh, yeah, there's... Legally, six plants in each house, so it's not related to the number of people that live there, but rather hmm. it's limited, you know, by the address. Like household. By the household, okay. right, right, right. Okay, but cool. that's a, you know, for, you know, for a lot of people, that's going to be a great way to learn, yeah. experiment, and, yeah. you know, save a little bit of money and have some fun along the way. Absolutely. We were talking a little bit earlier about um, plant size and plant yield, and, you know, Plant limitations are kind of the only way that laws can really regulate the amount that's growing in a household. Um, but I definitely have had, have seen, seen operations where the plants were growing quite large to uh, balance that out as much as possible. And it is possible to kind of tweak how you uh, have your growth set up so that you can yield the uh, most necessary with the least number of plants. Or if you're allowed to have a lot of plants, you know, do a different kind of setup to yield a different amount. Yeah. But I've definitely seen some uh, some pretty big, pretty big indoors that uh, 
kept to that six plant limit, which is pretty great. Well, and and you know, and that's one of the things that's going to be coming up in the Bud Spikes and Bacon series is yes. how to set up your own grow tent. Yes. Pros and cons of building your own versus buying one that's already pre-built. A little bit about soil versus hydro. There's a lot. There's a lot to learn about about growing. But right now, we know that we can grow. We know that we can have it in our in our possession, and we know that we can gift it, which is pretty great. So what's what's going to happen in 2018, you said, is uh, January 2018? So over the next year, California is setting up legislative and, um, you know, licensing rules so that retail recreational uh, sellers can be licensed and regulated by the state. Okay. Is, is that going to be, like... Do you know, like, what kind of department? Who's is it? The alcohol kind of same same regulation, or is it a whole new separate thing that's being created? I believe it's a whole new separate thing that's being created. Okay, cool. And one of the one of the differences is that cities are going to have a little bit more control than they mm -hmm. do over liquor, and so so cities will be able to ban recreational sales of cannabis. Oh wow! Some already have. Uh, in the San Diego area, I know that uh, the uh, Santee yeah. has banned, um, preemptively banned, oh, wow. uh, recreational sales of marijuana and huh. cannabis. Wow, I, I, I was pretty sure they have a pretty decent uh, medical dispensary out in that area. Yeah, well, so. they interestingly have you know, preemptively banned recreational sales. Um, and we'll see how that pans out, you know, because there's a lot of tax money on the table. And that's one of the things that Colorado and Oregon have definitely seen is that, you know, tax coffers yeah. have been propped up quite a bit. So, I mean, that's rough because if, I guess if you live in a city that bans it, you know, there's going to be state tax. So some of that state tax, are they going to benefit from the fact that neighboring cities that have, you know, agreed upon recreational sales... Good you know, it's, it's kind a of a, point. there's kind of a lot, you know, and I've heard Prop 64 criticized before, but I haven't really, you know, known a whole lot about it's different. You know, I was having a conversation at Thanksgiving dinner about how whether legalizing would be good for the grower or not. Um, you know, the small time grower that we're talking about here, you know, you, one of the reasons California has well, some of the best, if not, all right, the best weed. In, let's let's be clear. In the world, uh, <clears throat> you know, strongly held opinions here at Bikes and Bacon. <laughs> uh, best best bud in the world coming from California, but a lot of it is grown by small time boutique growers yep. in houses and grown indoors. You know, we have great outdoors coming from Humboldt and Mendocino and you know all over Northern California, and you know, great wine, great grapes, great herb. You know, yep, same same kind of thing, but. You know, the stuff that we tend to get, which is world-class in, in Southern California, Los Angeles, Orange, Orange County, and San Diego, is mostly, you know, indoors. And, and there's also an off-season when most of what we smoke is indoors. And, you know, when I've been in Colorado, I've had some pretty nice recreation. You and I have talked about this before. Yeah. You know, but uh, I've had some pretty nice nuggets, and it's been really nice to see what was in the soil mixture printed on the label or, you know, just kind of be able to like talk about the the way it's it's grown and produced and so you know that it's good but at the same time the herbs i've had there you could tell they're grown on a larger scale 
And the longer it's legal, the more bigger companies are going to form and yep. do it profitably. And even though it's grown well, it's might be at risk of kind of threatening that small hometown grower. So there's going to be some pretty valuable information in that in that growing growing uh, podcast we do in the future. Because you know, even if even apart from just saving yourself money or you know whatever it is that you are trying to accomplish by growing inside yourself. You will always be in control of the quality that comes out. Very, very true, Chris. I think it's a you know the best analogy we can give is it's it's craft brewing versus you know large scale industrial right. Budweiser style brewing. So. Right. right. And here in San Diego, we see a lot of uh, a lot of politics going on with that and changes going on with that. Huge number of breweries here, you know, um, and uh, we'd like to see a huge number of growers. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's it's definitely the future. I think so. Um, so 64, is the plant cha- plant number regulation going to change in January, or is just the uh, the recreational sales being approved? Just the recreational sales. So, you know, the, the number of plants is locked in, but you can start that today. Okay. I doubt seriously they're going to be, you know, knocking on doors, and, you know, I, I, don't, right. I don't think there's going to be an inspection um, force created that will count the number of plants, but I do know that you know they're putting some of the tax money into uh, driving testing uh, in order to de- detect levels of cannabis in in people for impairment. Okay. Um, some other some of the other areas that money is going to go is into uh, into studies, um, and some of those are medical PTSD type studies and some That's of great. them are yeah, absolutely. That's really great. I'm not sure if you saw it, but actually yesterday in the news there was two, uh, and this is slightly off the cannabis topic, but there was a story about um, the FDA authorizing an MDMA uh, trial for uh, for PTSD, and then also there was a story in the New York Times yesterday about how magic mushrooms were helping uh, cancer patients deal with life uh, post-diagnosis. So. Well, it's always great to see, you know, research opening up into things like that just because with the sheer number of applications for tests like that that happen, an incredibly small number are approved for certain, you know, substances that uh, have great potential. And then weed has long been one of those. Um, And there is a lot of potential there for life improvement, you know, Medically, um, spiritually, you know, mentally, uh, it can it can really be be pretty great. You know, I I definitely benefited from my time growing just in learning some like discipline of how to care for the plants, and I had to learn a lot about you know what that took, and I had to put in the time and effort to it, and you know that can be really great. Uh, you know, obviously, as far as a relaxation come down after work, it's certainly a lot better for you than than having a few too many drinks. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it's just got a whole whole host of, of medical possibilities. You know, I had a friend when I lived in Cleveland who was uh, in the hospital with chemotherapy. And this is, you know, thankfully one of the things that's long been known that's medically useful about marijuana is, an, is as an anti-emetic. So, um, you know, people going through severe chemotherapy can keep food down better. And I had a friend in... Uh, in he wasn't in the Cleveland Clinic. He was in uh, the hospital next door to that, whatever it was. But anyway, he was there, you know, as a chemo patient, and 
we would bring him in donations. You know, I had uh, anybody who came to my house to enjoy a little, uh, enjoy a little herbs. We'd have a little thing in the middle that said ganja donations for hippie in hospital. Oh, nice. And nice. everyone would always break off a little bit of whatever they had brought over. You know, I didn't have a lot of friends come over, but you know, we'd always throw in a little something and once a week I'd bring it to him. And it was really cool because the doctors would kind of turn a blind eye to the smell coming out of the bathroom. And he would hobble himself and his IV line in there. And it was pretty great because if I went to see him a couple times a week, you know, the day that I brought him the donation, he'd look pretty rough. But if I went within like a day or two after that, he always looked, you could see it, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty incredible. It was a big eye opener for me um, about the real positivity that there is to be found and in my favorite plant absolutely <laughs> you know it just it has such a, such great potential for positive impact so absolutely and if you look at you know recently there's been in the NFL just there's been a you know a lot of lot of news stories about uh, opioid abuse okay. and um, you know the NFL still bans marijuana uh, from their players and I think that there's been quite a few players Ricky Williams, uh, left the NFL because of their, you know, their marijuana and loss and yeah. rules. And then more recently, Kyle Turley, who played at UCLA and had a uh, had a very successful NFL career as a lineman, but just got beat up. He has come out publicly that he believes that cannabis is far, far, far better for you from a recovery and healing standpoint than. Uh, any synthetic opioid or other, you know, uh, pharmaceutically manufactured oh. drug. And, you know, for those of us that have done it, it's, you know, I, I absolutely believe it. Yeah. And, you know, I've, for my back, um, you know, Indica is far, far, far better than Flexerol. Uh, you know, okay. Flexerol yeah. is, um, you know, Flexerol has its benefit. Yes, it's a mu muscle relaxant, but there's a lot of other side side effects that come with it, um, sure. you know, dependence, sure. et cetera, et cetera. And I, you know, I think that weed is, uh, is a much, much more natural way to go. It grows in the ground. That's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what kind of blows me away is it grows in the ground <laughs> and somehow it's illegal. Uh, luckily, you know, luckily that's changed and, you know, obviously now it is legal to grow and you right. can carry up to an ounce, Prop 64. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, you know, and, and we haven't even talked about edibles. Uh, we haven't talked about, uh, you know, oils and we have, and I'm pulling out, I have a oh the spray you were yeah talking I, have about. An, I have a spray and so this is a CBD oil spray and this is something else that has become legal that's sublingual right you spray it under your tongue you spray it under your tongue and you let it absorb and you don't swallow right away okay and I'll tell you what Chris this for me uh, if I if my back starts to twinge at all yeah I I take a you know I take a squirt of this under the tongue. And within 30 seconds, wow. you know, the twinging stops and, you know, I'll be honest, I'm not, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure if some of it is psychosomatic from the taste, the smell and the, you know, the, uh, uh, the pattern. Sure. I mean, but, you associate good things with that kind of stuff, but if you're experienced at, you know, trying out all the different forms that you have because I know you're a big fan of edibles. Yep. You know, we talked a little bit when I came over about pipes versus bongs and, you know, I talked a little bit about dabs. Um, 
should definitely go into that in the future. Uh, there's a bunch of different ways to get high, you know, and they don't always have to be, you know, whatever you think about a marijuana cigarette. It's, you know, on reefer madness or whatever it is, right. you know, like it doesn't have to be whatever you've, you've, you've envisioned it. It can be, it doesn't even have to be brownies when you're talking edibles. There are so many crazy edibles out there now. You've got your gummy bears, you've got popcorn, you know, uh, hopefully you'll see on Bud's Bikes and Bacon coming out in the future some some <clears throat> beef jerky. Uh, exactly. uh, or, you know, so any kind of jerky. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see how that all, all pans out. But uh, but there's, you know, even beyond edibles and smoking, there's vaporization. There's sublingual sprays. There's um, there's those little strips you were telling me about the other day that are like the, the breath mint strips. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's incredible. You know, if you think that this is just something that you're, you know, with the bad kids on the playground. No, like it's, it's, it's scientific, but it's kind of a craft scientific, you know, it's, uh, it's incredible what people have done with it. You know, I remember moving out to California and seeing, seeing gummy bears and I was, you know, I, I've cooked a lot of weed before. I've cooked, you know, guacamole. I've put it on pizza, mashed potatoes, you know, I've put in all kinds of stuff. The guacamole is the best though. Guacamole is the best. You nice, know? nice. A little hard to dose out because how much guacamole is on each chip, I don't know. But <laughs> you know, that's part of the fun. For part of a for, for a party, it's it was pretty good. That was for a four twenty party back in the day. Nice. Um, but then I saw you know you can do things like candy bars and, and gummy bears and uh, and it's incredible and and now you know the real focus I've seen has been on concentrates. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have a dab? You have a dab pen? Do you have one of those things? Have you hit one of those things? It's kind of like the magic box, but it's it's. I have. Oh yeah, the uh, the cartridge pens. I use the cartridge pens, uh, which are you know, they're they're pretty uh, they're pretty discreet. Uh, so it's a little bit of of oil and a pen that uses a five millimeter rechargeable battery, and you can either um, you, they they do sell. There's uh, the units called the Bumblebee, and so they sell disposable <laughs> units. Okay. Uh, at quite a few dispensaries, I see them. I see them a lot in Northern California. The dis- the disposable uh, cartridge pens are pretty popular up there. Okay. Uh, in Southern California, I, I see a lot of the uh, people have their own batteries, similar to the tobacco vaping batteries. Right. And and so it just looks like a pen. It just looks like a, a pen without a tip on it. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and they're discreet. Um, and actually, I was, I used one of these on a on a recent business trip uh, uh, in Portland. Actually, I bought one in Portland, and I was okay. just, I just uh, used it pretty much everywhere. Nice. Uh, it was a fantastic way to go. Nice. Um, up in Portland, the the pen I bought actually had a uh, had a steel mouthpiece, Japanese mm. cotton, and it was very, very, very well done. Wow! And it was a uh, a step up. Um, I, I've noticed that in, you know, the there's only a few companies in China that that make the uh, disposable cartridge, but this was a U.S. made cartridge that I bought in Oregon. It was just a great way to go. Okay, that's very cool. Yeah, I uh, I mean, my friend with a little little uh, young young kid, his first kid. You know, he uh, he loves that because he can kind of take care of his mental state without interrupting his daily routine with his uh, parenting duties and his business work. Very discreet. You know? Very discreet. So those things, I mean, they basically just don't even smell very much. You hit it and you exhale. There's a little smell at first as you exhale. Yep. If you're standing near the person, 
Um, but if you're outside, especially, you know, and you just step off to, you know, a quarter step and just exhale Absolutely. away from the crowd, you can be doing it without anybody in there even really knowing you're not uh, hitting an e-cigarette. And it's quick enough that you don't, you know, you hit it once and you get a little high. It's like, it's not like an e-cigarette where you're chugging along on it and pumping out tons of, <laughs> tons of smoke, you know, you, you literally, you just like bend over, you know, bend to the side, just hit it real quick, you know, it's just, just as easy as inhaling, yeah. you know, it's, um, there's a lot of, a lot of talk uh, about e-cigarettes and there's certainly a comparison, um, you know, here because, you know, to make that vapor, you know, is it, is it just a heat combustion? Is it a heating element? But I think they use the coil and the propylene glycol that they use in the exactly. e-cigarettes. So um, it has to have kind of a bonding agent of some sort to deliver it in that vapor form. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of talk about the unknown long-term long long yep. health effects of, uh, of the e-cigarettes. But, you know, if you're worried about that at all with these vaping things, the volume comparison of chugging along on one of these cylinders of propylene glycol cigarette substitute vaping pens is a lot different than, you know, one of these cartridge pens that's become really popular. You know, this is just a very quick and small amount of, uh, of that just to, just to, as a delivery mechanism for your, your concentrates. And it's incredible because one of those cartridges, I mean, they're about the size of a classic cigarette filter, you know, they're yeah. pretty, they're pretty tiny. And that, that holds how many hits in there or how much, you know, I, it's hard to measure, you know, is it, is it grams of wax? Cause wax comes in different concentrations. Is it hits that you take? Is it, you know, how, really I think for each person it's how long does it last me? Right. Right. You know, so, I mean, you, you smoke pretty regularly, especially that time you're using it for business. How long did one cartridge last you? So I would equate about for me and I'm, I'm a pretty, uh, pretty frequent heavy user. I would say that one of the cartridges, a one gram concentrate cartridge is about the the same as an eighth of flour. Oh wow! Okay. Me. So they, cool. you know, so that cool. that to me is about the the ratio that that I use. And you uh, get you know top quality flour too, so that's worth worth. The, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, uh, yeah. Exactly. That's not that's not shake or um, you know that's one and, of the yeah. Top in some tier. parts of the world, you can't get the the quality that we get. So you know, one cartridge, whether it's wherever you are, is going to be equivalent to you know an eighth of good California wheat. Yeah, and <laughs> I have I have some you know I have some associates that uh, you know one cartridge will last them significantly longer than it will me. Sure. Um, but like you say, for, for the folks, it's a discreet way to go. It's yeah. a, it's very transportable and, uh, you know, I'm, I wouldn't suggest taking it on airplanes, but I've, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if people do. Sure. Sure. So I, uh, if you don't mind, stick with the cartridges for a second. I have, um, you know, that one friend who uses it all the time with the young kid. I have another friend who uses it uh, pretty frequently just because he's, you know, like Charles here and uses the appropriate method of ingestion for his circumstances and because he uses it pretty frequently, uses pretty frequently. But, you know, a big thing for me is flavor. You know, yeah. you were talking um, in our first little test recording about, you know, what you loved about weed. And, and one thing that I didn't actually mention is how much I love the flavor. You know, I mean, you can get <laughs> some incredible flavors in an herb. And, uh, you know, I, I, I judge a lot by smell when I'm buying. Okay. Because what I really want is an herb that's going to leave me like kind of 
you know, like licking my lips, kind of yep. just like, <laughs> you know, like I love. I so, love what's that your linger. favorite flavor profile? Um, you know, I like juicy and fruity, preferably like grapefruity. Uh, grapefruit is great. Um, I had I had some grapefruit herb a couple years ago. That was uh, that was. I mean, it was incredibly grapefruity. But I've had also ones that were more like strawberry like, and that's what I was thinking of. I think when I mentioned it, it was like kind of like a syrupy, juicy strawberry kind of thing. Um, but I find that the most frequently when I, I get herb that I really like the taste of is, is usually Kush's, which have that kind of oily, diesel thing. And I think it's just that strain is just, you know, and not that strain, but, you know, things that have that kind of root in their, in their genetics. I think that they are just have that distinctive flavor that just jumps out and is, is heavy and flavorful and I just I love that aspect of it you know most so if I could choose a flavor profile it'd be someone who like nailed a strawberry thing or a grapefruit thing well enough for it to have that effect but generally I tend to go for the cushions and the diesel gotcha. ones because they tend to have the that intensity of flavor that I really seek yeah I think it's harder to get that intensity of flavor from the uh the strawberry or the grapefruit kind of ones um but the cartridges uh, you know, I have one friend who always seeks out the highest percentage cartridge he can. And he tends to get, when he gets these really high ones, they say, you know, CO2 extract rather than whatever it is, or they'll have, you know, whatever, how, however the extract is, but it'll, it'll always be flavored. You know, he'll get like over 90% and it always is like banana or pineapple and I can't stand it. It drives me nuts, hmm. you know, and, uh, and he's not even a huge fan of it you know, the flavored aspect, but he always goes for the strongest one and he thinks that that's like, you know, a big deal. Um, I find most of them get me pretty high, but then there are some that I have a distinct herb flavor to that has like a nice, clean, juicy herb flavor. Yeah. And that's what I want, you know? So I, I don't know. It seems like those are maybe like the less high quality cartridges or something. I don't know. Cartridges are a bit of a murky area for me because it's so easy, but at the same time, the information just isn't quite there for me. Yeah, and and I have concerns about the the long impacts. I'm not sure what the carrier is, whether it's yeah. like glycol or whatever it is. Right. Um, you know, it's there. I think there's definitely you know there's definitely some differences in quality and taste. I actually have found too that some of the lower quality cartridges uh, give it's me a little o'clock. bit of a headache. Uh, right when you know, like a few minutes after. Okay the a couple hits okay and i have found that uh you know there's one brand in particular pure cure this is uh that you know from my local supplier is the best of the okay. you know the, be- the best of the cartridge um suppliers sorry to all you others out there but uh um, <laughs> yeah i think that that it's there's so many different ways. There's so many different methods, flour, concentrates, edibles, yeah. uh, sublinguals. You know, I yeah. think the important part is to find a Sherpa sure. that you trust sure. and to, you know, and, and that's who we hope to be for you is yeah. to, you know, to offer up that kind of information so that uh, you can learn, you know, from others. But I think it's a great point that, you know, really the best way Best way to learn is to try. Yeah, you do have to do some experimentation, you know, and it's been pretty easy to do experimentation with medical stuff, you know, in California until now, but I think that 64 is really going to open that door, and um, 
and you know just not to be daunted like Oh, I don't know about those cartridge things. They've got that propylene, <laughs> I can't pronounce it thing right, to right. it. You know, like, g give it a try because, you know, it might take you a little while to find the one you like best, but that method is pretty incredible. Uh, sublingual might be, you know, your thing that just like, wow, I didn't know that existed, and now I know, and it has affected my back so much. Yeah. Uh, you know, it could be, you know, well, I tried it once, and it you know, didn't really do it for me, but then I tried it this other way, and I realized that, man, this is the perfect thing to do after work, or before I go, you know, on a jog, or before I clean the house, or, you absolutely, know, you know, before I go to bed to help me sleep better at night, you know, it's, uh, you know, eat a little gummy bear or something, it's, it's definitely worth it to put yourself out there, and, uh, and for all that has been out there for so long, you know, weed's not scary. It's not scary. It's totally fine. Like, Absolutely. It's totally fine. It's, it's great, actually. It's not just totally fine. It's great. Um, and uh, and I'm just, I'm, I'm stoked we're doing this. I'm stoked we're doing this. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, All right. I think that's a wrap for today. All right. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah. Until next Thank time, you, Carlos. this is Carlos. And I'm Chris. Buds, Bikes, and Bacon. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs>